You're listening to the Brand Ambition Podcast. Here he is, the owner of Asai TV, lead singer of the One-Eyed Buffalo, former pro wrestler, former army soldier, published author, cat lover, host of Go There, Eat That, Super Proud Dad, and all that, Brandon Bishop. Hey everybody, this is Brandon Bishop. Holy crap, that was loud. Why am I yelling at you already? What have you done to deserve to be yelled at? It's early in the morning. It's like 8.30 when I'm recording this. I know that's not crazy early. I'm usually up way earlier than that. But I've got a, I've got a wealth. Okay, kill the funk. Kill the funk. That is a slow fade, man. I have a wealth of um, Death Wish coffee in my system right now. It's currently just activating my nervous system. It's, it's, it's digging its claws into my productivity today. It's like, okay, man, let's knock out a podcast. I'm ready. Let's do this thing. Let's do a freaking podcast. It's been weeks and weeks, dare I say nearly a month since I've sat behind this microphone and uh, talked to you people. And for some reason... You people listen. I, I don't. I, I don't really. I, I listen to like some wrestling podcasts, like Jim Cornette and things like that. And I don't really listen to other people's like personal podcasts. And I feel bad about that. I mean, if you have one, uh, you know, put it in uh, whatever. If you can put comments or whatever, like send it to me, email me, um, whatever. I, I I'd love to listen to your stuff. Maybe I, I I I we get a lot of listeners on this show, and I know not compared to like you know, celebrity backed or corporate backed podcast. But for this show, for me, for this little old me, Brandon Bishop, I, I, I don't know. I had no idea why uh, people are actually listening to this one. It's really weird. But I mean, by all means, continue, please. I, I appreciate it. Anyways, I just got back. And when I say just got back, I got back like a week ago. Um, and I'm trying not to say um so much. I noticed from watching uh, the Asai TV Life uh, YouTube show, which will also be on Asai TV pretty soon, that I say and dumb a lot. And um, and it makes me look dumb, just and dumb. So I'm working on that, okay? Because I am a, you know, I'm, I do host TV shows. I do this podcast. I do that podcast. I do all the little behind the scenes stuff. And I, and I talk business a lot to a lot of different people who are, you know, probably well-versed in talking business. And if I say, and dumb 15 times in a conversation, it's almost like the, the people that say, you know, oh, that just, I, I don't, I don't mind. And I'm guilty of saying, you know, a lot. You know, but I don't say it like some people say it every, like literally every break in their sentence, you know, you know, I, uh, you know, was walking down the street the other day, you know, and I saw this squirrel, right? You know, squirrels. And, you know, I just looked at the squirrel and the squirrel's looking at me like, you know, uh, what are you doing? You know, I do good. It drives me crazy. The other thing that drives me crazy, and I notice this stuff because I edit film, and I not only hear myself back, but I hear like a 
ton of other people, a plethora, dare I say, of other people from household names to, you know, our homegrown talent with a TV. And the, the you know thing drives me crazy. And I'll always tell people, hey, watch the you knows. The um thing, um, uh, uh, that drives me crazy. And I'll say, hey, watch the ums and the uhs. Um, <laughs> starting off uh, every sentence with so, I'm guilty of that as well. Uh, you can go back and watch a lot of my stuff. It's like, you know, as soon as someone says three, two, go, I go, so, um, you know, and there's different ways. Like if you do it like I just did it, that's kind of acceptable, kind of. So here we go. And a lot of times I'll even cut that out. But like, so that just makes me think you're stalling a little bit and you don't really know what you're going to say and you're not really committed to what you're going to say. So I will end a sentence with so. So let's talk about the squirrels again. I was walking down the sidewalk. I saw the squirrel. The squirrel looked back at me and said, hey, what's going on? So (laughs) that's where I stick my so's. But the thing that drives me more crazy, especially when I'm editing, because I have this audio sensory thing in my brain that can't stand slurping, smacking, uh, high-pitched noises. I, it drives me crazy. It's my little piece of autism that I take with me every day. I'm sure that's what it is, un- unclinically diagnosed. Um, um, <laughs> see, sometimes you need a, a good um in there. Um, it, it's just a time filler. It lets you think for a second of what you're going to say next. Anyways. And that's another thing I say, anyways, but I think that's better. It's a little more professional. It doesn't make you sound stupid. Anyways, people that smack their lips before every sentence. So, and I usually just preface the so. So, I was walking down a sidewalk, and there was a squirrel. And the squirrel looked back at me and said, so. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's just doing it. I'm like, my fists are clenched. My teeth are grinding together. Like, just, ah, I can't stand that. Like, if you chew loudly, you're an asshole. I'm sorry. It's 2021, people. You should know better than to just, I, I can't even do it. As an example, it will, it will hit me in the spine and just work its way down my spine and kick me in the ass. I hate it. I did this documentary for this terrible, terrible person. And and trust me, for me to say somebody is terrible, then they are terrible because I don't talk shit about anybody. Uh, I really try. I mean, yes. I mean, like if we're going to talk about, you know, Trump or something, then yes, I'm going to speak my mind. But um, this lady was just awful. She was just a gross person. Uh, But anyways, I did this documentary and she was all into like orbs and stuff. And I'm not going to say her name because it's who cares. Um, but yeah, it, she would, before every sentence, I counted how many lip smacks I had to uh, edit out. And not only does she do that, and I know it's a nervous thing and she's probably wasn't comfortable. I'll give her that much because she wasn't very good on camera, but I just Every sentence, I counted 172 lip smacks that I had to edit out of her documentary, which was only an hour long. I'm not making that shit up. 172. I'll never forget that number, and this is years ago. Uh, Anyways, 
I don't want to talk about her, but yeah, she was totally sexually harassing me the entire time, like just the little back rubs and putting her head on my shoulder while I'm editing, which was don't be in the room with me when I'm editing, let alone touch me like you 70 year old creepy woman. Oh my gosh. You'd show up at my doorstep with gifts and I, I would lie to her and say, I don't feel good. So I don't feel like editing today. And she would show up at my, and you may think this is sweet. Like to show up at the door with like medicine and a bunch of like soup and shit like that. But no, I was lying to her to get her to stay away from me. And she still showed up and knocked on the door with a big basket. And I just didn't answer. Just the grossest person. And then she like, we did this whole stupid court thing where I didn't get what I wanted out of this. Yeah, you're not going to get what you wanted out of this. So yeah, she lost. Anyway. Enough about that just creepy, ugh, I get the heebie. You ever have someone that just, when they're around you and they, if they touch you, you just go, oh, and it's literally like right down the spine. You're just like, God, get the freak away from me. <sighs> I don't know why I'm going off on that. That is years ago. That doesn't matter. She doesn't matter. But yeah, just don't be that person, get people. I mean, get catch the hint. That's my advice. It's okay to have crushes on somebody. I have massive crushes on people. Um, but don't be that person where you're just relentless. And you know, if they say no or they give you kind of a push-off vibe, go away and chill or just be friends or whatever. I'm the master at that. Trust me. <laughs> I, I do everything. I The first question I ask when I'm talking to one of these crushes and I work with a lot of them is, am I being creepy right now? I, I, I don't want to be creepy. I don't want to come off wrong. So I don't, I don't think I do at least if I do, then let me know, please. I'll alter whatever, but I don't say or do anything to make anybody even know that I have a massive crush on them, which I really don't have any crushes on anybody. Um, and, and if I do, they, they definitely know. Anyway, what the hell am I talking about? I went off on a side rant and oh, I just got back from a long trip, and it was a great trip. Uh, it was probably one of the most therapeutic things that I've ever done in my life. It was the first van life trip with uh, Van Helsing, my my minivan, my Dodge Caravan, and I loved, dare I say, nearly every minute of it. I mean, of course, when you're driving for four thousand miles, um. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be literal assholes everywhere on the road. And assholes are the people that drive like they own the road. Guess what? You don't own the road. You don't. I pay for it with my taxes, so I get to drive 100 in a 75. And I do it in that accent because most of them were in Texas. Uh, I had a guy like pull a gun, not point it, but just like he had a this is this is the victim i'm a victim little redneck asshole mentality okay if you're here let me exp i've done this before but let me explain the fast lane for you people yes the fast lane is for traffic that's moving fast faster than the other lanes in order to pass those going slower yes absolutely that is it yeah and if you're if, if you're doing like, 
let's say the speed limit is 75 and you're doing 70 or 65 or even the speed limit 75 and you're not actively passing anybody, of course, you're an asshole. Scoot your ass over. But, but, the fast lane is not go as fast as you would like to go. The fast lane is for people doing the speed limit or allowably five over, maybe 10 over, maybe but even that's pushing it. They won't give you a ticket for five over. Ten over, you got a 50-50 chance uh, if, you're, if you're clocked at doing ten over. Listen, assholes, and I'm talking to you if, you if you do this. If I am doing 80 and a 75 and I'm actively passing traffic and you're riding my ass and flashing your lights and honking your horns and losing your stupid little mind behind me, guess what? I'm not the asshole in this situation. I am doing what I'm legally allowed to do. And then when I see a space where I'm no longer actively passing cars, I do get over. Absolutely, I do. But I'm not going to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth between every freaking car. No, that's not what they, that's not what, that's not written down as a rule anywhere. It's not even an unspoken rule that you do that. The fast lane is to do the speed limit. The other lanes are to do beneath the speed limit. So if you're that person behind me, and this is where the gun guy comes in. This is in Dallas, of course, which is quickly becoming right up there with Denver and Atlanta for the worst places to drive on the freeway anywhere. So, of course, this guy's in a big white pickup truck with tires that don't even look like they belong on the truck. They're so big. And he's riding. And I see you see him coming in the mirror and you say, wow, he's coming up quick. And it's just like literally right up to my bumper and then the lights start flashing. He's got one of those douchebag LED bars as well. If you have that on your car and you use that behind other cars, you are a douchebag. I would love to punch you right in the dick. Everybody that has one of those. I just want to line you all up and punch you all in the dick. And it's always going to be dicks because women aren't. I mean, trust me, there are some piece of shit women out there, but normally it's dudes. Okay. Uh, so this guy's riding my ass and then, which makes me just slow down, you know? Oh, I guess, uh, I guess I have no choice, but to partake in this fun. So I'm just going to go ahead and tap the brakes a little bit and do the exactly the speed limit. And I'm still actively passing cars, by the way, I can't even get over if I wanted to. So he wants me to do a hundred miles an hour, which he was doing before, you know, he met up with my bumper and, 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 you know, I know the dumbasses out there listening to this right now. And if you trust me, <laughs> I have no problem calling you a dumbass if you're doing this. I don't care if you're a listener. I don't care if you're a loyal listener. I don't care if you're my best friend. <sighs> if you drive like this, you're an asshole. And I'm calling you out. Um, anyways, this asshole douchebag behind me is just losing his freaking mind. So finally... Finally, I, I pass a bunch of cars and I actually sped up just because I didn't want any part of this guy. I finally find a little clearing where I can get over. And trust me, this is at like 530 in the afternoon. So traffic was awful in Dallas. So I get over and I give him the hand clap. I don't flip people off much anymore because it's just, ah, seems a little lame. Here's my finger. Uh, I just give him the golf clap. Good job, buddy. You did good. And I probably shouldn't even have done that. My mom will yell at me for that. But yeah, And this son of a bitch 
like slams on his brake because he was going to do like a hundred past me. He slams on his brake. I just go. And then I look into his car and he's got, I don't know if it was a real gun or not, but he's holding up a fucking pistol. So I look at him <laughs> and I just clap again. Oh, good job. And I give him the little Scott Hall wiggly fingers. Ooh, you know, like, cause he's not going to do anything. And if he did, I mean, the chance of hitting me or even the van itself is very low. Uh, and if I saw him pointed, I would just, you know, stop and call the cops. He's not, you know, not stupid. I mean, no, no, don't get me wrong. He's very stupid. He's a very, very stupid, awfully idiotic, moron, piece of worthless garbage. And uh, I kind of hope he's dead. I don't know how he would have died, but I kind of hope he just sped off and then ran into a freaking tree without hurting anyone else. Anyway, um, <laughs> I hope he hit a tree in front of his house going 100 miles an hour, went out the front windshield, and then into his family room window and just psh, psh, and then lands on the freaking family room floor in 15 pieces in front of his family. That's how much I hate this guy and everyone like him. <sighs> Is that too much? <laughs> Is that too much? I, and I wish I could have recorded it and then shared it to all my friends on social media so I can get precious likes and, and subscriptions and you know, all that stuff. I'm kidding, but anyway. Um, so yeah, I just, honestly, my turn was coming. There was a Bucky's coming up. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to go to Bucky's. I, I, I can't deal with this, but that was really, I mean, there was about in 4,000 miles. I'll say there was 10 people that deserve to be, lifted up with one of those big magnets that can pick up cars like literally just from the sky i wish i had this power i wish there was an app for this or something just to like hit a button and then the, the big magnet comes down and, and lifts their car up and then takes them to hawaii and they're you know they'll be thinking like oh wow this is great you know i got a free trip to hawaii but no then it just releases blink and drops them into an active volcano uh just just done they you know just wipe them clean uh on their, they don't get a tombstone because they, there's nothing left to bury. They'll be dissolved within seconds. This is getting violent. This is getting really bad, isn't it? I, <laughs> I didn't mean for this to happen. Actually, today I wanted to talk about bringing back asylum wrestling, and that's going to be the main topic today. And I'm going to go through a list of uh, men and women that, if I was to bring back asylum wrestling to right now with a with a with a, a viable budget. These are the men and women I would take. And uh, it, it's all from just, I, I was watching a little bit of wrestling this week and I got the Ring of Honor final battle pay-per-view and there's been so many releases and there's been, you know, that that company's on the shelf and they're all released and there's a wealth of talent just floating around right now and it's got my mind racing and I don't have the budget right now. I don't. Um, if I found an investor or something like that, then that's another thing, but there are so much talent right now in the pro wrestling. And I was a pro wrestler for 20 years and I am still in the business to a point because I work with all these, you know, pro wrestlers and here and there, we just picked up, you know, Ryzen who's doing bad people, bad places, bad thing. We filmed two episodes in Florida. You know, I, I'm still in the business on the peripheral somehow, uh, probably more so now than I've ever been. And it's really weird. And I've always been a fan since I was five years old. So I, um, yeah, I, I just, it got my mind racing and it got my, my pulse racing. And I'm like, you know, this would be a great time to bring back Asylum Wrestling as a television product, put it on a side TV. And just, if I just had the budget, I would, I would do it right now. It would be fun. 
because there's just so much amazing available talent. And you may not know some of these names. And of course you will know some of these names. So, and, but, and just ahead of time, if I didn't mention your name and you're listening, uh, don't be offended, get over it. You know, maybe I forgot, maybe I literally put this list together in five minutes. So, uh, they're just names off the top of my head, and I, I could already think of three more that I should have put on this list, but haven't. So yeah, don't don't get offended, don't get mad. Just uh, be happy for the other people because I just made these people by putting them on this piece of paper. I made their careers, so be happy for them. Like literally, I just gave them all the the massive rub that they've always needed. So now people are gonna buy them all up because I said I want them. That's just how things work. Anyways, back to the Florida trip. Uh, very therapeutic. Uh, my first stop, I stopped in uh, Lawton, Oklahoma. Why would anybody go to Lawton, Oklahoma? I don't know. Um, the reason <laughs> the reason I went is because I was stationed there. That, that, that was my introduction to Lawton, Oklahoma. I was stationed there at Fort Sill. I remember getting off the plane and that big Oklahoma breeze and a tumbleweed went by and I'm like, where the hell am I? This is culture shock. That was like my first culture shock, being from Detroit, moving down there. And the first person to talk to me in Lawton was this huge guy wearing a white cowboy hat. Uh, he goes, howdy. That is the first word I heard anybody speak to me in Lawton, Oklahoma. And wow, I never at that point, I had no idea how much that place would change my life and how many roots would be uh, just planted there. It, it's crazy. And uh, this is the first time I've been back in a lot of years. So um, I, uh, my main reason for going was I wanted to visit the uh, grave of my best friend and guitar player for 21 years, uh, Dave Lukasik. And I've talked about him on this podcast quite a bit because he means a lot to me. I um, did not go to his funeral because I couldn't for a lot of reasons. One, I was, my car was crap and uh, finances were not good at that point to make a, you know, a two day trip down to Oklahoma. Uh, but that's the surface excuses right there. The main excuse I have, and it's viable is I couldn't do it. I just couldn't fi- I mentally do it. Um, I could have physically gone and just been there and high. I'm, Sorry for your loss. So, yeah, he was a great guy. I didn't want to do any of that. I didn't want to believe it. Um, and up until I made this trip, I didn't want to. And then I realized when I was mapping this trip out that, wow, I'm going right through Lawton. Ha. So, um, strangely enough, they let me on Fort Sill. I've not been stationed there since 2001. And I didn't, I had, I didn't even know his gravesite was on the post. I had no idea. I thought it was slightly off post. There's a cemetery that's right down what Fort Sill Boulevard or something like that, right outside the post. And I thought that's where it was, but no, he's buried on post. And I, when I realized that I'm like, oh man, they're not going to let me on here, which I was kind of relieved because I seeing it, seeing his name on a tombstone just made no sense to me at all. And it still doesn't. And it's one of those things where 
I needed to do this, but there's no closure. There's no, there's no sense to be made of it. It's, it, what is he doing on, you know, what, what, why is he there? Why is his name on this freaking piece of stone? Like, why? Like, how, how? It just doesn't make sense. You know, he's only two years older than me at that point. I'm older than he is now. Or I'm, you know, the same age as he was when he passed. And it just, dude, the guy was full of life. He, there was a, he was just such a genuine soul and such a talented son of a bitch. Oh my God. Um, not just music, but everything he did. He was that guy that always had his everything together. And I don't want to, I've already talked about him for hours on this. If you put it all together, all the times I've mentioned Dave, it's, it, it, it would, it would add up. Um, but it just made no sense. Anyways, they let me on post, uh, terrible security, you know, they didn't, didn't check the van, didn't do anything. Just, Oh, you're going to, Oh, okay, go ahead. Like, really? <clears throat> because the last time I was there, they wouldn't let me on post because of uh nine 11. And then, uh, the last time I thought about going, they wouldn't let me go because of COVID. And now they're just, okay, yeah, go, go right in. <laughs> okay. So I pulled the van in, I found the cemetery and after walking around for about a half an hour, I bumped into a, one of the groundskeepers who knew the directory and showed me where the directory was and they spelled his name wrong in the directory. So I didn't really find it at first, but there it was. And, uh, then I, you know, found his gravesite, and like, like I just said, it, it just, I don't believe in afterlives and I don't, you know, why well, here's the thing. I don't know. And neither do you, um, if there's a proof of an afterlife, I don't, you know, it's good. It's a good feeling. It triggers the right things in your brain to make you feel better about the situation. Of course it does. Uh, we need coping mechanisms. We need, uh, methods to handle such tragedies and just horrible things. And, but if you think about things like I do, you know, life is life and death is death. And it's simple as that. Uh, did this need to happen at this point? No, uh, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. And it all became extremely real. And yes, I talked to a, a stone in the ground and Dave wasn't big on afterlives either and religion and all that stuff. It's just, uh, it just became real when you actually see his name on the stone. And I didn't want that to be the last thing that I saw of him. I didn't want to see him being lowered into the ground. That's why I didn't go. Uh, and I honestly don't, I, I, I don't think I really needed to go at this point. It's just, I happen to be in the area. So let's get this over with type of thing. Um, I cried a lot. I filmed it, that little segment for the uh, Asai TV Life show on YouTube. And I almost wish I didn't because I, I'm just, it, it, is it tacky? I mean, I don't want, it just, it was a big moment for me, so I thought I'd capture it. And yeah, I did like a long distance camera shot, whatever. It just, what's that? Is it tacky? I don't know. I, I felt a little tacky, but at the same time, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a YouTube show about my life and this is a big moment in my life and Dave meant everything to me, still does. And like I said a million times, I've got so much music to put vocals over that, that he left. Oh man. I don't know. It, it's out there now. I can't do nothing about it. I mean, I could take it down, but I'm not gonna. Anyways, um, that was the first thing. 
I stopped and just said hi to Dave Grave. And uh, right after that, I went down the street and uh, bumped into my old friend John Wolfenbarger, the old owner of Impact Wrestling, IZW. Not Impact Wrestling, but Impact Zone Wrestling, IZW, and Lawton, where uh, they were kind of the spin off of Asylum Wrestling. Once Asylum Wrestling left and went down to Texas, uh, IZW took over in Lawton. And, uh, he, you know, John, he's John, man. <laughs> John is just that guy, man. He's, you know, man, I, you love him and you love to hate him. Um, he, he, I just, here, here's, here's the thing. He owns a pawn shop. I, st- I saw his truck, or what I thought was his truck, I and mean, it was. I stopped. His whole family's there. And I go in the back to say hi to him. He's sitting on the phone talking business with a big wad of cash in his hand. I'm going, God, that's that's John. He's, he hasn't changed a freaking bit. Uh, <laughs> it just, <laughs> I just kind of shook my head when I saw that that scene. I'm like, oh, God damn, come on. It's John. Then he took me over to show me his new liquor store. Um, geez, man, I, I missed the guy. I really did. And... Uh, you you got to be a special kind of tolerant to uh, to love a guy like John, and I guess I'm that kind of tolerant because I do love the guy, and uh, I wish him continued success, man. He he's one of those like you know you know how every city has that guy who kind of owns this street. He's he's one of those guys that just owns that little piece of lot in there, and uh, you know bless him for it. Um, <laughs> his son, who's like just a couple years older than mine is like seven feet tall now and 300 pounds, whatever. He's just huge. And, uh, I don't know, man, it was good to see him after that. I, uh, said goodbye to John, got some taco bueno in Wichita falls, looked at my old house in Wichita falls. I just kind of drove by it. A lot of history in Wichita falls as well. Uh, not good history though. I, I really did not. I was desolate in Wichita Falls. When we moved the wrestling company down there, Asylum Championship Wrestling at the time, when we moved that down to Wichita Falls, I had nothing, nothing. I was staying with a friend, renting out her spare bedroom. Uh, my, my friend, Samantha Cole, she was awesome. And I literally had one pair of jeans. I think I had like a big old tube TV type of thing, you know, <laughs> like those 500-pound TVs. It wasn't big. It was like 32-inch or something. And I had a few t-shirts and you know my wrestling gear and all my wrestling stuff which i kept at a place called graham central station which is now a college i um had nothing man and we'd go down there and graham central station was like a hugely popular bar at the time uh in wichita falls texas and man just packed full of women i was a, a horny kid in a candy store it was not okay. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm still friends with a lot of the you know people that I met down there, men and women. But yeah, I was a a, a man whore from hell in that place. Sorry, uh, <laughs> a lot of mistakes were made. But ultimately, I just needed something. I needed. I had nothing, man. I literally can't tell you. I had this. I had one pair of jeans, and I cleaned them when I could. And if they got dirty, I was screwed. It was. I couldn't afford. I. They had this little snack bar. I forgot what it was called. It was a Graham Central Station snack bar where they would make. I got to sneeze so bad and I'm fighting through it. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, uh, they had this little snack bar uh, at at the bar, and they would make like these 
really good chicken quesadillas and they make burgers and they had like wings and stuff like that. I was starving, but I, and I would go every night to this bar that they were open every night, even like the nights that they were slow, I would still go to Graham Central Station. And mainly because there was just so many women and, and I was promoting the wrestling show that was coming down there or already active in that, in that venue. And, and I would just walk around all night and I, there was like five different bars under one roof. And I think I had like a girlfriend in each bar cause I wasn't just an asshole and just, I addicted to women and addicted to attention more than anything. And I just, uh, you know, was hoping and they didn't find out about each other and shit like that. But anyways, the snack bar at the end of the night, I, I was starving by the time the end of the night came out, which was about two o'clock in the morning. I didn't eat that whole day, like nothing that whole day because I had no money. So I'm walking around with my one pair of jeans and, um, <laughs> but I had a friend, I forgot his name. I, I want to say Shelton, but I, I don't know. Um, I had a friend at the snack bar and at the very end of the night, he would make me something to eat. So anybody who knew me back then, I, you may have thought I was like this wrestling promoter, making all kinds of money and doing all this stuff. And yeah, we made a few bucks, but not that much. Um, yeah, man, I would, he would make me a big ass quesadilla. Like it took up the whole styrofoam box and I would just scarf that thing down. And I think he was like the only person in there that knew like, look, dude, I am starving. Like I, I'm so hungry. And you know, the wrestling shows were every other Sunday. So I'd make a few hundred bucks at a wrestling show. But you know, how long is that money going to last between gas and just trying to eat throughout the day and stuff like that? I had a couple day jobs down there. I worked at Lowe's. I worked at this steel specialty shop and all kinds of stuff. But for the primary, primarily I was starving. And then, um, yeah, they fed me at night. And then I uh, got this little apartment on Westlake Road in Wichita Falls. And it was like a duplex. And uh, that's what I drove by on this trip. I um, just, uh, man just looking at it, it's just like, wow, I used to live in that thing. Like, Oh God, it was so ghetto. And we had, I had a neighbor named Kara who was freaking this hot ass blonde. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to objectify or maybe I do don't care if you're offended, but, um, she was beautiful. Kara Boer. I don't remember what her name, if it, I don't know if her name was changed or anything, so don't look her up, but she was freaking hot. And yeah, we started our little fling thing and I had a, you know, sexy neighbor and, it was good for the most part. I was just being such a man whore. My God. Like if, if I, I, I don't even want to put in the numbers, how many women came in and out of that shitty little duplex. Oh, I was so bad. So bad. I mean, you know, I was young though. I was younger. <laughs> I wasn't young, but I was in the early thirties and you know, it was fun. Screw it. I had fun. If the, um, if they come, <laughs> then they come. No, I'm kidding. Um, hey, <laughs> I, I didn't hit on most of these women, okay? A lot of them came my way, so don't, you know, call me a, I mean, no, I didn't say no, but to anybody just about, but uh, I get nervous talking about this. You got to be careful these days. You can't just be like, yes, I was a man whore and I slept with hundreds of women. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. You can't do that anymore. You really can't because then you'll just be canceled by the thin-skinned, easily offended, radical, woke people. Oh, God. Why did he have to be such a man whore? Now we got we to gotta say bad things about him. Oh, that's what you sound like, by the way.
Anyways, next stop on the trip, I've had a friend named Mike Barrett. I think he's actually been on this show before. I love this guy, man. We used to do a stand-up comedy routine in Detroit called Rude, which stood for rambunctious, underpaid, delinquent entertainers. And I, um, man, we've just, I mean, there's been gaps in our friendship. Of course there is. That's, that's what life is. But the fact that we're friends now and the fact that I can go down to Dallas where he lives now and stay at his house and, uh, you know, play with his dog and just sit there and talk about old times and be goofy. And we went out for a Mongolian barbecue and it was okay. And it's just the fact that, man, what are we talking? Almost 30 years later, we can still be, just be like, you know, we saw each other last week. That means so much to me. This guy means so much to me. And this is what I mean by therapy. Dave meant so much to me. Mike, the same, so much to me. Even John Wolfenbar meant so much to me. You know, driving by these places in Wichita Falls and just seeing how far I've come, so much to me. Remembering the hard times and just remembering, you know, the good times and just knowing all those places are still there and just be able to look at them and touch them and, you know, hug your friends and even saying goodbye to, you know, a friend. It's just, it was so therapeutic. And, um, and, um, see, I did it again. I, I do that when I'm being serious and, um, duh. Uh, it just really meant a lot just, and I hadn't even got to my first location yet, uh, which is funny because this is when the vacation was just hit a big roadblock. I, uh, stayed at Mike's house and like I said, just like we've never missed a day, just old friends, um, I drove from Dallas to about an hour outside, an hour west of Pensacola, Florida. And then I pulled over at a gas station. I was going to make something to eat. And I'm planning on pulling over at the gas station for hours and hours. I just, uh, you know, you get, you get in your road zone. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to keep going. Keep going and keep going. So I finally pull over at this gas station. And I... Uh, <laughs> I hop in the back, pull out my little travel stove, which is awesome. It's like this little lunchbox that you plug into your jackery or your car or whatever, and it just it cooks your dinner. It's freaking amazing. I love this thing. And uh, I'm starting to feel around, and I'm like, something's missing. Yeah, something's definitely missing in here. It was my camera bag. The, the whole reason for the trip is to film things. Without my camera bag, I'm worthless. I left, you know, <laughs> you know, I left... Uh, all my cameras, my drones, everything that I needed to make this a successful trip back in Dallas, eight and a half hours away. If you watch the Asai TV Life show on YouTube, and yes, I'm going to plug that a few more times, uh, you see the exact moment because I was going to film myself cooking with a travel stove. And <laughs> you just see sheer panic on my face and i'm like oh no oh no oh no what the and i'm then i just start cussing i um man i had no choice i called up mike and i said hey and mike had to work early so he couldn't meet me halfway or anything and i'm ah i didn't know anybody else in dallas i thought of like 10 other people since but it just, you know, meet me, just, just drive like two hours and meet me there. It'll save me eight hours if you drive, you know, four hours, whatever. But 
it was my mistake, and I'm not going to punish somebody else for something stupid that I did. So I left my camera bag at Mike's house. I drove eight and a half hours back that night. Got in at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, he left a key out for me. I crawled into his spare bedroom, laid in bed, woke up five hours later, and got right back on the road and just did the same exact route that I did the day before. So that it was Groundhog Day. That day never existed that I'd made that big ass trip and then had to come all the way back. But you know, I uh, I, I just did a butt. You know, I it was really stupid. But I've been excited about this van life thing, and all it did was add 16 more hours of the trip to my... uh, It cost a little pretty penny in gas, don't get me wrong. It was a a tank and a half there and a tank and a half back, but... And at, you know, 55 bucks a tank, yeah, it was, you know... (laughs) Not not too excited about that, because I was on a strict budget, but the... um, it just added to the trip. I, you know, stopped at some different places. I, I stopped at Bucky's again. I stopped at. Uh, and by the way, I fell in love with Bucky's. It's it's a thing now. Every time I see Bucky's, I stop. I don't care if I'm late. I don't care how important my shoot is or my destination. I stop at Bucky's. That's just a thing now. Um, I even have like the Bucky Beaver thing, which if you watch the Aside TV live show, you'll see me at Bucky's wearing a big Bucky Beaver's outfit. Yeah, I don't care. I have no shame. I love me some Bucky's. But here we go. Uh, <laughs> so I made it all the way back, and then I got to my um, location in Denver. I stayed at Cracker Barrels. If you're van lifing it, Cracker Barrel lets you sleep in their parking lot. It's great. And then uh, if it wasn't for Cracker Barrel and Planet Fitness, this whole trip would have been garbage. Uh, Those, I mean, it would have been so much harder to find a place to park and sleep, uh, find a place to shower and work out. And I, like Planet Fitness and Cracker Barrel, those are my two jams on the road. Like as long as the state or the city has those, I'm good. I don't need anything else. (laughs) I am perfectly fine with me some Cracker Barrels. And I didn't even eat a Cracker Barrel once. I just slept in their parking lot and hung out with some ducks in Gainesville. But anyways, got down there uh, to Tampa, picked up Eva Lee, or she followed me. We shot at a dog beach, which was awesome. We shot, we shot at a dog bar. Uh, we shot at uh, a place called Shoot Straight, which is a gun ra- indoor gun range and shop. We just had a blast. Um, I really enjoy filming her show. The next day, I got to swim with manatees because she was too cold to do so, which kind of sucks a little bit because the show is Ivelisse, not you know Brandon doing things for Ivelisse. But I get it. She's a tropical girl, and she does not enjoy cold weather, cold water, cold climate, and she gets sick pretty easy, according to her. So I had no problem diving into the water in a wetsuit that made me look like the fattest person in the world. Uh, a little GoPro in my hand, and I got to swim with manatees. I mean, who gets to do that? I often say way too much that you'll never know where you're going to end up with a side TV, and I never know where I'm going to end up with a side TV. I'm in a freaking lake in you know the outskirts of uh, Tampa and Homa, Homa, Homasasa, Florida, and swimming with these giant dinosaurs. And it was great because it was like pitch dark, Nothing but like green water with the sun coming in and the rays and everything. And then out of nowhere, there's a freaking dinosaur looking at you. And manatees are beautiful and they're just, I, ugh, whatever the manatees need, give me a call and I will help you if you're a manatee. I love you and thank you for swimming with me. And uh, absolutely, I got to do that. And then we did another restaurant called the Margarita Grill, which was 
where they parked the boat. So that was uh, convenient and easy. And then I moved on from uh, Ivelisse and went down to Orlando where I got to film a new show called Bad People, Bad, blah, 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 blah. Bad People, Bad Places, Bad Things with Ryzen. Uh, Rob Ryzen, who's a friend of mine. I've known him since 06 when I moved to Colorado. He's the first person I wrestled here. Um, remained friends ever since. I think just about every ACW show that we did, wrestling show, Rob was on it because he's awesome. He's come a million miles. He's worked for every major promotion. I'm going to talk about him a little bit later. Um, but uh, how I, we got to film at a place called The Devil's Chair in Casadega, Florida. If you don't know Casadega, Florida, look it up. C-A-S-S-A-D-A-G-G-A, I think. D-A-G-A. Anyway, um, it's like the home of spiritualism and stuff in Florida. And they say of the world, but it's, I mean, Sedona could probably kick its ass. But it's just a cool little town. Went to this little haunted museum thing and just found all these awesome people to talk to. And again, you never know where you're going to end up. You never know what you're going to be shooting. You never know who you're going to be talking to or what adventure you're going to be on. And I love that so much. And that's my favorite aspect about what I do for a living. (sighs) But he's got a great show. Uh, The next day we filmed all the Eileen Warnos locations, the famous female serial killer They made the movie Monster about her. We went to the hotel. We went to the Last Resort Bar, which I fell in love with. Uh, We went to uh, all kinds of cool places, just kind of tracing her steps, her final steps and all that. So yeah, two episodes of that show, Bad People, Bad Places, Bad Things, are in the can, ready to go, already edited. Uh, We're doing a big drop of a whole bunch of new stuff in January to kick in the new year, so be ready for that. And uh, spent Thanksgiving with Rob at his house with his... uh, significant other Megan and I think uh, wrestler Jake Logan was there a couple other people in the wrestling community and just you know what I looked back when I was there I was just kind of looking around going I've not done a Thanksgiving with anybody because usually my son is with his mom and because they got a huge family on that side I'd never rob him of that he gets to be a part of this huge collective on that side of the family and same with Christmas I am not going to rob him of that interaction. There's just no way. Um, even if I didn't like his mom, which I do very much, I would still not rob him of that because that's really cool. Now, if I was going up to, you know, Detroit and we had a big thing up there, then yeah, maybe I'd take him. But, um, I'm usually alone on Thanksgiving. I honestly usually make my own Thanksgiving dinner, which I did this year. I just did it a little early and I had him over and shared it with a bunch of friends. But I, uh, man, I just, uh, was very grateful for uh, Rob to uh, invite me into his home and share dinner with me and uh, just be around a bunch of cool people. We played cards against humanity and shit like that. I just I just was laughing a lot and we were all laughing a lot and having fun and just that was really cool for me and I'm very grateful um, to be a part of that. I, I really honestly, it, it meant a lot more to me than I realized it would. You know, when someone's like, yeah, come over for dinner, you're like, oh, cool, yeah. And then you, know, you don't think much more of it. You kind of go and you go, oh, that was fun, you know. But no, this really meant a lot to me. So uh, thank you, Rob. Um, after uh, we ditched Rob, like I said, we went to Bucky's again and uh, picked up my. Fr- uh, no, 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 I'm skipping a whole thing here. Um, Aeon and Aeona Cruise. Oh, man. Four years ago, <laughs> four years ago, I, uh, me and Aeon, Aeon Cruz were a thing, and I, I probably 
mentioned her a few times here and there. Uh, probably not in the best of light because honestly, we ended off kind of negatively and I was really kind of bummed about that. And, you know, when you're, and, and I'm not hurt or anything. I mean, time healed that shit real quick, but I just, uh, I'm, I, you know, I, I kind of reached out recently and cause her daughter, Ayana Cruz is a freaking legend. I mean, that girl is just a star and I've always had a decent eye, whether it's in wrestling or music or whatever, or even, you know, with a side TV, I've, I, I know that I have a decent eye for talent and she's just, I'm speechless with this kid. And I was really bummed, uh, when her mom and I broke up, uh, that we weren't able to do her show too sweet anymore. Just, you know, see what would have evolved from, you know, that. I just, uh, I was really bummed about it at the time. I was more bummed about losing her. Uh, she was, you know, I'm not going to say she was my kid by any means, but she was just, you know, she was the kid, man. She was cool. Her and my son got along and it was just, you know, she was family at that point. And I was really bummed about losing, um, her, um, Anyways, I reached out to her mom and we just started talking, you know, like we were old friends and that's cool, man. That is so cool. Uh, all the petty bullshit, you know, it's just gone. And yeah, I was petty and we were both shitty at the end of that. And you know, fuck it. <laughs> it's over. That, that happened then. And this is now, I'm a completely different person now. I, I imagine she is as well. She has a new son who's freaking adorable. And she's just the same old Aeon. And I, you know, we're just old friends now. And that's fucking awesome, dude. I love that so much. It just, uh, just replacing a negativity with something good. And it's just, um, again, therapeutic for me personally. I hate negativity, man. I hate it. I don't like looking back and being like, oh, fuck that bitch. No, I, I hated that. I didn't want that. I didn't, you know, and when you're, I guess, hurt, that happens, you know, and you just kind of uh, turn into a, uh, it just turns into a shitty thing. And thankfully this trip and the communication before and, and since has just erased a shitty thing. And replaced it with something that's fun and, and has so much potential. And Ayana, my gosh, she was, oh, what, 11 when I met her? 10, 11? And she, she was good back then on camera and just a sweet kid. And now she's like three feet taller. She's like a basically a woman now she's like 14 50 whatever she's beautiful and just grown up and she's even better than she was back then and i'm just like what like oh my god and i have i have a bleeding heart you know and just seeing her like all grown up and just smiling and doing from appearances doing well just seeing the three of them together really just warmed me up. Like, wow, I'm so happy for them. Like, I'm, and I'm so happy to have them back in my life in whatever way. I don't want to be anybody's bad memory. Uh, I just, man, I'm just so happy. I'm so happy to see them. We filmed two new episodes of Too Sweet. I'm so glad she still wants to do that. We went to a rolled ice cream place called Rock and Roll. And uh, we went to a place called Le Macaron, which served macaroon cookies. They're just, oh, 
<coughs> I'm choking right now thinking about them because they're so good. Um, yeah, it was just real. It was just a really good experience. So we got two new episodes of that uh, ready to come at you, and then um, went out for a little taco dinner afterwards and just hung out. Man, it's like they're just good people, and there's no there's no uh, maximum capacity for good people in my life. And I'm so bummed that all my friends are scattered out around the country. Huh, it's just, hello. <laughs> Can I have some here in Colorado, please? And I, I do. I have a few here in Colorado, but, you know, they're busy with work and school and everything. And I'm like, okay, can we just, I need, I need human interaction. Like my son doesn't know I exist anymore. Actually, yesterday when I picked up my kid, man, he was hanging out with me and we had a lot of fun. So. Maybe he started missing me a little bit since I've been doing all these road trips. It's a possibility. Anyway, um, sorry if I'm acting distracted right now. I'm getting like 15 text messages. Nita says, I'm doing a YouTube show today. Awesome. Do five. Nita Marie, Christian OnlyFans model. Seriously, go to her YouTube page and like it. She does some fun stuff on there. Uh, another longtime friend. She is here in Colorado, and I, um, busy lady. Again, I don't get to hang out with anybody, but um, I handle her YouTube account, so it's uh, really fun to work with her. She does so much good stuff, and uh, let me let me just say this, Nita, and I'll get back to the Florida trip here in a second. But Nita has just been a, a godsend for me just finding people for me to handle their YouTube accounts and do light editing and just, you know, doing the SEO and the metadata and all that stuff. This woman has really come through for me and I uh, really appreciate her a lot. And I hope she knows that. And I, she does know that because I'm not the kind of person that doesn't tell you when I uh, adore you. So thank you, Nita. Thank you to her whole beautiful family and all that stuff. I just, uh, Man, just good people. I, you know, there's so many good people right now. For every asshole that I bump into on traffic that you know wants to be froggy with me or whatever, to every just piece of shit who's smoking out in front of an entrance or booming rap music in your neighborhood at 3 a.m. or you know just these pieces of garbage. For every one of those, I have like three awesome, genuine, amazing humans in my life. So thank you to all of you that I consider that. Man, I'm almost an hour into this, and I'm not even done with the Florida trip. I thought I was going to talk about this for 20 minutes and then get into the uh, bringing back asylum wrestling thing. But anyways, um, from there, I uh, went from uh, Gainesville to uh, Jacksonville, where I connected with uh, my old friend Laura. And Laura is just one of those people. I've been friends with her for, a wow, probably close to a decade at this point. Uh, we were really close uh, for most of that still are very much. Um, just another fun person to be around, man. And no, this isn't, you know, Brandon's ex-girlfriend tour 2021. It's, that's not what it was. It just happened to, you know, be that. And these are people that I've stayed in touch with and, or, or recently reconnected with like for the whole trip, Mike and John and, you know, even, Oh, another thing. Um, I have to, I have to rewind back to Lawton, um, after I visited Dave's grave, actually before I saw John, I stopped at Dave's old house and just talked to his wife, Annette, um, who's always been such a beautiful person and she's always been really good to me. I really thought she was upset with me 
because I didn't go to the funeral. I'm, I'm hoping she wasn't, and I'm hoping now she understands why I couldn't. Uh, but we just sat there in the living room where me and Dave used to, you know, crack open a beer and just talk for hours and hours and hours. Uh, and then, you know, we just shared a cry, you know, I, <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say that I cried. Fuck. I, I'm about to cry right now talking about it, but, um, we just sat there and gave her a big long hug. I got to go up to the room where we recorded all our albums. His stuff is still sitting there. I took home a couple stickers and she said, take whatever you want. And I'm like, look, I can't, you know, <laughs> I just, it, I don't want to look at it every day. You know, I'll, I'll take these stickers or whatever. But anyway, it just, it was so good to see her. And again, I was worried about her holding a little animosity towards me for not going. Cause I did say I'll go and I didn't, um, you know why? But again, racing, erasing a horrible situation with just a little bit more positivity. I really hope to see her again. I love that house. And again, it's weird. I don't believe in the afterlife stuff, but I do believe in presence. And Dave's presence is there. And it's probably from memory. It's probably from, she says he's there. And I would not d deny that at all. He was such a strong presence. Fuck. Okay. Anyways. So I met Laura in Jacksonville. Um, I told her I wasn't going to be able to make it that night and I'd see her in the morning, but I ended up getting a little boost of energy and I drove overnight and then I couldn't get a hold of her. So I slept in her parking lot <laughs> in the van, which was fine because I slept in the van for most of this trip and I loved it and I miss it right now. I uh, can't wait for the next trip, which I'll talk about in a second. But I uh, woke up that morning, went to the gym, came back. Saw Laura. Laura's always been the uh, a, just such a good friend. You know, we, we've known each other for a long time. We've had our little spats and everything, but we we just uh, we we hit it off, man. We it's not one of those things where it takes. There's no awkward adjustment with me and Laura. It's all just hug. Let's hang out. Let's adventure. Let's eat things. Let's just laugh and have fun for days. And that's just who we are. She's one of my very best friends and, um, her little dog. <laughs> oh my God. I am not a dog guy. As you are well aware, you can probably hear in the background. I am a cat guy, Marcy J cat I've had for 16 years. I love that animal more than any other animal on earth, but, uh, BB, the, the little Jack Russell dog that Laura has is probably a second place at this point because that dog I've never had an animal outside of my own cat show me as much love that this dog doesn't know me immediately. This dog's like in my arms and just, I don't know. Maybe she does this to everybody. Maybe I'm just, you know, trying to selfishly project myself as, you know, really good friends with this dog, whatever, whatever. But this dog just showed me so much love. <laughs> like I just couldn't keep my hands off this dog. You know, I'm, Oh, I miss that dog. <laughs> I really do. Bibi the dog is just the sweetest thing in the world. I miss her. I want to just snuggle her. I, oh, I've never been a dog person, but I am now because of that dog. And I just, yeah, I did. I, I would do, I would do anything for this stupid dog. I, I'm not, I didn't mean to call you stupid. I'm just saying the situation is silly. I, I would do anything for this dog. It's stupid. Ah. <sighs> 
anyway, <laughs> Laura's amazing. We, uh, she joined me for the Eileen Warnos location shoots and, uh, we just drove around and had fun. I had dinner with her in the back of the van. I made her some chicken tiki marsala over rice and that was fun. And just, uh, she introduced me to this place called daily deals, which is like, cause me and Laura are shoppers, big time shoppers and eaters, man. That's our, that's our gimmick. And, um, yeah, I mean, I stayed on an air mattress in your spare bedroom and I, uh, just, I had to leave early because I had to do this community service thing. You know, I told you about that. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it, but that's all knocked out now. I did my gun seat. I, I am no longer <laughs> obligated to be a good boy anymore. I can be bad now. So thank you court system for giving me a three month deferred sentence and whatever, but I had to get back in order to accomplish, um, this last couple days of community service. Otherwise I would have missed my mark and that's not okay. I, um, so I had to leave early, which is really a bummer because we, me and Laura really have a good time and I, uh, can't wait to see her again. I'm supposed to see her in January. So hopefully that happens. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, it was just a great trip. After that, I drove home. I don't remember much about the drive home except for stopping at a white castles in St. Louis. I took a different route home because I just, it was boring to do the same route that I already did, but I kind of wish I did do the, the route that I did. I could have saw Mike again and I honestly didn't want to drive through Dallas again. That's the main thing. Uh, so I took the other route through Nashville and St. Louis and all the way through the boring ass state of Kansas. But yeah, I made it home. Um, one piece, no tickets, no like extreme amount of drama, just traffic stuff. I hit a bunch of antique stores on the way. I hit a cheese shop on the way home. I think I still got that cheese in there. I forgot about that. I hope it's still good. Anyway, it was a non-eventful drive home, but I, I filmed everything on this trip for the Asai TV Life show on YouTube, the Asai TV YouTube page. Go on there. You could watch, I think there's like 13 episodes that are done right now, like before the trip, during the trip, since the trip. It's all on there, and we're going to catch the next trip the next trip as well, which is actually coming up quick. Um, I'm going to head out at the end of this month, um, and i got to go meet Stephen Piercy from Rat and Christy and his, his fiance in uh, Las Vegas, and then we're all going to drive together down to San Diego filming a new reality, I hate the word reality show, but filming a new documentary series for him for Asai TV, and then uh, he'll be playing on New Year's Eve in San Diego. And then I'm going to stop in Phoenix on the way back and uh, film with uh, Hillary for the drink, Hillary Harris. And then um, I don't know what I'm doing after that. And I love that. I love not knowing what I'm doing. So, yeah, I'm excited about that one. Then in January, I got to hit New York City to film with uh, Eddie from New York, New York Ham. And then there's a lot of other stuff that I'm doing on that trip as well. So, I, uh, I'm grateful. This whole van life thing has been a dream of mine. If you listen to this podcast, you know that, and I, I'm doing it. You know, I got the van, and it, the van's actually, you know, it needs a couple of repairs. My side door wouldn't lock for some reason yesterday, and I had to fix that by just forcing it. Um, my One of my 12 volts is, I think I blew a fuse on that when I plugged in my travel stove instead of plugging it into the Jackery. I um, have, a, like, a couple little, like, chips out of my rear brake lights like there's a hole like in my what the i didn't even see this stuff when i bought it i'm not sure it was there when i bought it but that's you know 
three, four hundred dollars of shit I got to fix on there. Not to mention, I just got an oil change. Not to mention, I just got the key fobs. Not to mention, somebody's calling me in spam. Let's let's answer this real quick. Hello. Listing pros calling about your Google My Business listing. Oh, I bet you are. Show that your listing is either not verified or missing. Oh, it totally is. It. Let's do it. How do I? How do I fix my? Oh, they hung up on me. Why even call? I was gonna go with it. Dickheads. I'm so sick of this spam shit. Anyways, uh, great trip. More great trips coming up. I'm gonna film everything, all the behind the scenes stuff for uh, the Asai TV life on the Asai TV YouTube page. It'll also be on Asai TV itself. So the Asai TV YouTube page, man, it's really kind of having a. It's a. Uh, it's blowing up. It's the doormat for Asai TV. So you. Look at that first and then get a side TV because, uh, yeah, and a side TV has a 2.0 launch coming out pretty soon. It's going to be better than Netflix, it's going to play and feel better than Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff. I am really excited about it. Mike Moore, our developer, is hard at work at it, and hopefully, this springtime, uh, that will launch. And, uh, well, like I said, we're launching a ton of new content, new shows, new episodes, uh, in January to ring in the new year. So yeah, get Asai TV now at uh, AsaiTV.com, or you can find it on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire Stick. It's only five bucks a month, 17 cents a day, less than that cup of coffee you had at Starbucks this morning. <sighs> you can afford it. Get it. Support Asai TV. Support your friend Brandon, because these adventures are not cheap. Not at all. Anyways, let's get into... Um, Let's get into this main topic because I'm already an hour in. And again, I've been watching wrestling lately and watching all the firings from WWE, watching Ring of Honor shut down for a little while, hopefully not permanently. And all this talent that's just floating out there looking for jobs. And I swear, I wish I could give them one. There is so many amazing talents. I mean, just talent that you're just like, wow, like, come on. Like, why are they so good? And why aren't they like household names? I, uh, my pen just ran out. Really? It's like a really expensive pen. How do you put new ink in a pen? I was just adding a name to this. Ah, oh, for freak's sake. Making me mad. And now I have to look up something because I forgot this other person's name. I'm not going to tell you who it is just in case they're listening to me. Um, <laughs> you're like, okay, Brandon, let's go. Okay, here we go. I'm back on track now. I got this. So I'm going to give you a list of names that if I relaunched, I had a wrestling company called Asylum Championship Wrestling between 2001 and 2013. And yeah, it's a long time. We ran hundreds of shows. We had a lot of memories. Um, it was the thing that I did for the longest time before a TV. Oh, and I, uh, I've been asked time and time. It's a daily, if not hourly thing that I get asked, when is Asylum Championship Wrestling coming back? Well, first of all, I hit the word championship. So if I did bring it back, it would just be Asylum Wrestling. And now I own a TV, which is a television platform for a show. And if I did bring it back, it would be more of a television show than a live event. And it would be completely different than anything you've ever seen on, on in, in wrestling period. It'd be more of a docu-series type of thing. And it would have wrestling matches, of course, but it would be a lot of behind the scenes stuff, a lot of storytelling that is 
going to be done in a very unique way. I'm not going to give it all away because somebody will rip it off. But um, with all this talent that's just floating around, not attached to any one promotion, I uh, wish, and keep in mind, if I had a, let's say, a $5 million budget to just buy talent, these are the names, these are the men and women that I would go after vehemently and be like, look, just tell me what you want and you'll be a part of it. Okay, here we go. First people, the first people that I reach out to, and I mean this, and they'd they'd probably be a part of the actual business itself. The first people, Mike and Maria Bennett. Now, is it because I do a TV show with them? Well, that's how I know them personally. That's how I know. I mean, I've been on the road with Mike, and I want people that love pro wrestling, not so much the business of it, not so much, you know, here to pop ratings, not, you know, oh, I'm, I'm hoping to get a, you know, a merchandise line and all that. Yes, all of that is very important. Uh, the, it's the wrestling business. They call it that for a reason. But this, the actual in-ring product, the, the, the travel, the, the, the grind, nobody loves this business right now more than Mike Bennett. I will say that and I will, you may love it as much as Mike Bennett, but you don't love it more. Yet that's impossible. I uh, and Maria, her and she, Maria's like this Marilyn Monroe character. She can come off as the ditzy, you know, the girl. Uh, hi, I'm Maria. You know, she she could totally pull that off. But this woman is incredible. She has got a brain between those ears that is unmatched by most in the wrestling business, uh, just maybe in business as in general, uh, she's got a name and she's not just a pretty face. I, I mean, yeah, she's absolutely a pretty face. Um, you know, I got to watch my, watch my P's and Q's here. I don't want to get punched in the face by Mike, but she's a beautiful, insanely beautiful woman, like next level, beautiful woman. But I don't even see that anymore. She's just Maria to me. And when I look at her, I'm like, please, Maria, I know you're busy, but give me your brain. Just, just, you don't have to come with me. The rest of you can stay with Mike, whatever, but, and watch the kids, but just give me the brain. Okay. I'm going to put the brain, I'm going to hook it up to my computer and I'm just going to milk it dry of just knowledge of entertainment business and business in general. I, brilliant woman and i'm such a i'm such a grateful human to be uh just in on her radar at this point um as far as doing business we've talked about talking about doing business but maybe with ring of honor going under um we'll have a little more time to shoot more episodes of her show and possibly talk about bringing asylum wrestling back possibly talking about you know, helping me promote these super ultra mega cons that we got coming up next year. There's a lot of things that Maria can fit into. And, um, I'm hoping there's a lot of things that I can fit into in her schedule as well. But anyways, Mike Bennett in the ring. If, if Mike Bennett would have been around in the 1980s, he'd be in the conversation with Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat and just the finest in-ring workers of that day. 
And he can do that by himself. He can cut the promos. He can connect with an audience. He can portray emotion and sell tickets. I know he can. I've seen it firsthand, okay? There's nobody better, bell to bell. And even backstage, having a Mike Bennett and a Maria uh, it just on your lo- in your locker room, on your roster, just feeding knowledge to the rest of them is just invaluable. It's, it, it's, not ne- it's not wanted, it's needed in every locker room. And it just, you know, we, I've had many people in the Asylum Championship Wrestling locker room, like Dr. Death Steve Williams and, you know, Vader and even like Pat Tanaka, like that joke. Uh, you know, just, just having them back there. But those guys were all way past their prime and just kind of, you know, not Doc. Doc was winding it down. He retired in my ring, and I'll always be uh, honored to say that, and I'll always brag about that because to me it's a big deal. But he wasn't there so much to pass along knowledge. He, he, trust me, he would talk your ear off and give it if asked. Bennett, that, I mean – you could walk by the guy and be smarter. Like you could smell his cologne or smell his deodorant and be like, Oh, okay. I know more about wrestling now. He's just that guy. who's oozing knowledge and oozing like the want to throw it at you. He's an encyclopedia, man. Uh, like I said, if he was back in the eighties, he'd be a hall of famer right now that, you know, they'd be talking about, oh, you remember back in 85 with Flair and Bennett? Yeah, that was a freaking amazing match. He's that damn good. And not only as a singles competitor, but with Matt Taven as a tag team partner, as this OGK thing, which I didn't even know about. I wasn't a big Ring of Honor fan when he was doing the Ring of Honor stuff. I just didn't have time to watch all of wrestling. Who does? But now the matches that I saw in person with him and the Briscoes, and I just rented the pay-per-view the other night, the final battle, um, those matches are as good as anything the Midnight Express has ever done, anything that the Rock and Roll Express has ever done, anything that the Brain Busters have ever done, the Heart Foundation, you freaking name it. Definitely better than Young Bucks, definitely better than Lucha Brothers, and, and, you know, Mike would never say this stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, thank you, but oh, yeah, we, we do our best. You know, bullshit, Mike. Just bullshit. <coughs> you guys, you and Taven are as good. And, and here's the thing. I wasn't a big Briscoes guy either because I just never watched him much. But son of a bitch. Like, they're, they're incredible. And I think the OGK, Bennett and Taven as a tag team with Maria in their corner are you kidding me? What, what, I know there's a big thing about the Briscoes going to AEW. Congratulations. The Briscoes are already the best tag team in AEW as soon as they step foot in there. I like FTR, whatever, but those will be the best tag teams. What is AEW? Why did they overlook Bennett and Taven? I'm hoping they didn't. I'm hoping the package of Bennett, Taven, and Maria together that is <laughs> what that is. They are the best tag team in the world, them and the Briscoes and maybe FTR. The three of those tag teams are the best tag teams in the world. Maybe throw the Usos in there as well. Like uh, just, oh my gosh. Like I can't believe these matches that I was watching. 
when me and Mike did the uh, documentary for 10 days on the road, the I Love This Shit documentary, which is free on YouTube, I watched this guy get into the ring with people he never met night after night after night after night. I think, what, six matches. And not only steal that show, that's a given, but also blow my mind. I've been a wrestling fan since 1980 freaking five. Actually, before that, if you consider the stuff I used to watch on a black and white TV on the Canadian broadcast channel. So I've been a fan since, oh, wait, why did I say 85? I meant since I was five years old. So that would have been 19, I don't want to talk about it, uh, 1978 or something like that. I've been a fan, and I got really heavy like in 1984 with the Hulkamania stuff. And yeah, of course. Uh, But yeah, it's some of the best matches with just complete unknowns. Best matches I've ever seen, and I, um, he would be my first pick, him and Maria, and Matt Taven. Would I keep them as a tag team? I almost have to at this point, because the three of those, as a unit, they're just perfect. Anyway, and having Maria to do what she did for me, or not for me, for us, in Asylum Wrestling, what she did for Ring of Honor's women division... I mean, come on, it's, an, it's just, it's a no-brainer. So should I do the men in, I'll do the women first. Uh, a couple girls that I've met and got to work with in a Ring of Honor when I was filming the documentary for the women's tournament, which I still haven't seen yet. Uh, uh, Willow. There's a girl named Willow. I think she used to go by Willow Nightingale, but just Willow now in Ring of Honor check every box just check every damn box that you need to check for a star in the wrestling business she's got it uh she's stiff in the ring and by stiff i don't mean dangerous i mean stiff as in realistic looking um she has a smile that could sell tickets immediately uh i mean beauty aside she's just a legit threat to anybody who's facing her in the ring. As a fan, I'm watching this going, okay, that girl can beat the hell out of that girl. And she's she's sells everything. And if you don't know what sells mean, if you're not a wrestling fan and you're listening to this, selling is like, okay, you get punched in the face, make it look like you get punched in the face. This girl makes everything look good. You feel sympathy for her. She gets kicked in the head. She, you know, she goes glassy-eyed and just... I'm just a big Willow fan. Uh, just yeah, just an awesome worker. And that's, man, that's what I want. I want someone who's awesome, like Mike Bennett. You, he's a beautiful man. You could put him on a freaking Matt Taven, beautiful person. Uh, Maria, beautiful person. You could put them on posters and sell tickets. Willow, beautiful person. You can put her on a ticket and sell, t- uh, you could put her on a poster and sell tickets. Absolutely. But I also want people that can go in the ring and everybody I've listed so far can definitely do that um a girl that we came across in what is it collins iowa when we were filming the i love this shit documentary brooke valentine oh man that's another girl a a, a smile that can sell you know the the entire first row uh, of tickets and just brutal in the ring i mean and a great personality too that's another thing you have to have is someone that can talk people into the seats and I think uh, if you look up Brooke Valentine, I, I can't remember if they called her the Queen Bee or whatever, but 
great gimmick, great, seemed like a great human. I don't know her that well, but seemed like a great human. Uh, she was very willing to learn. And just her forearms and her, man, just like, when she hits you with a forearm, like you feel it in the crowd. Like, oh, damn. I could have watched, I watched one match with her and I, I wished, I was bummed when the match was over. I was like, oh, damn, that's, that girl is freaking good. So look up Brooke Valentine. Of course, I'm going to have to put Ivelisse on here because she's my girl. Love me some Ivelisse. But that has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm filming a TV show with her. Ivelisse from Bell to Bell is legit. Watch her stuff, man. Watch her stuff. When she comes out of that, when she comes down the ramp, her music's playing, the lights are going. You know, you'll probably see stuff from AEW, whatever. You, if, if you're in the ring, and I've been in the ring many times where I've had an opponent come out and I'm like, oh, damn, that guy looks like he's going to beat my ass. Like, you know, and then you start questioning yourself, like, am, am I even tough? Like, <laughs> like, if this goes off the rails, like, am I going to be able to handle myself? Handle myself? Thankfully, that's never happened. And I'm friends with 99% of the people I've ever wrestled. But when Ivelisse comes out, she just, yeah, she's not a big girl by any means, but she looks and acts like she can beat your ass. And I love that. So bell to bell. And I love the gimmick too. She's beautiful. She's got this like beautiful red aura about her. I don't know. It's just, um, even in person, like when we're filming TV shows, you just, I mean, is she the best talker in the world? I, I think she could be if she's given something proper to say, if she's, you know, really feeling it and really invested. And I would make sure everybody that I put on my roster is fully invested and into it. And I think that she can, um, I think she can scare people at the same time. She can, you know, she checks all those boxes. She's great in the ring. She's got a great image and I, I looks good on a poster. You know, that's, that's really big, that whole good on a poster thing or good on a commercial. That that brings people to the to the dance. Chelsea Green. Again, uh, we should be hopefully in the springtime filming her show about beaches in Florida and stuff like that. Uh, but I have that that's not why she's on this list. It has nothing to do with being friends with her. I which I, I hope I'm friends with her. I haven't heard from her in a couple of days. I know she's busy. Anyway, I um Chelsea Green is one is infectious, and I don't mean that in a disease way. <laughs> I mean that in a. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting more and more text messages. This is crazy. Okay, um, I mean this in an, an infectious way where you, as soon as you meet her, she really makes you feel like you're a friend. Does that make sense? I when she got released, I reached out to her, and I said, "Hey." we should do something. You want to tell your story. And originally we were talking about filming her whole journey with, um, Matt Cardona about them, you know, getting married, you know, scouting out wedding locations, buying the dress, buying the cake, you know, doing all the bachelorette stuff and the bachelor parties and whatever that got shot down for whatever reasons. But then we started talking about, Hey, I'll, she's like, I love bikinis. I love beaches. I'm like, well, there you go. Uh, but through that whole process, we just became friends. And she's the kind of person that, I, 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 like I said, I think we did it. At least I believe so. Um, she may hate my guts. I have no idea. But <laughs> I, uh, she's just one of those people that's like, you just want to do nice things for her. Like, 
if I'm, you know, in Philadelphia and I'm at a place with food, I, I reached out to like five people and she was on that list. Hey, can I bring you something to eat? You know, just one of the, just very infectious, just a great human, you know, and of course she's beautiful and, and she, everybody knows that. That's not, I'm not, but outside of that, the reason I'd even mention that is because again, she would look amazing on a poster. You know, you can sell Chelsea Green merchandise, and I'm sure she does well with that. I just, uh, she's very good in the ring. I, I don't think her whole WWE run was just littered with, you know, injuries and just bad booking. And nobody, she, she didn't really get that, that opportunity to really shine in the ring until she got released. And now, you know, I... I Here's the thing with with Chelsea Green, like people always really shit on the diva era of WWE. She would have fit into that perfectly. But the problem with the diva era is a lot of those girls really weren't that great. At least they weren't allowed to be great on TV with, you know, the two minute matches and the bad booking. Uh, Some of them could absolutely go. But Chelsea not only would have fit in because of just how she looks and how she, you know, she keeps herself in amazing shape and just, she, of course she would have fit into that, you know, the model era, but she can also go in the ring. Like um, I was at uh, impact in Las Vegas watching their show and I'm just going, she's hanging in there with dudes that, you know, and she's better than these guys and she's just a freaking uh, machine in the ring and uh, on the ring of honor paper, she's jumping off the top rope to the outside, just doing all these different She's uh, good. Dare I say great? Uh, should should never admit to that. I imagine, but I I've been a wrestling fan since I like I said I was five years old. I I know a damn good. You you know what makes somebody really good or come across as being really good? It's confidence. If you could do all the moves in the world, you could do all this flippy floppy bullshit that yeah, and then not sell it and kick out at one after taking a you know, brain buster from the top of a cage. Uh, you can do that all you want, but if you don't do it with confidence, then it, it just looks stupid. Chelsea's out there and she's confident from the minute her music starts playing to the minute she's backstage. And you could tell whether she is in, in her own mind. I don't know, but she's portraying confidence and that's all you really got to do. And I, I'm just blown away by her. I, th- I I can't wait to start filming this show with her. I think it'll be not only just a lot of fun for our viewers, but a lot of fun for me just exploring beach culture and exploring these new things with her and uh, just showcasing who she is as a person. I, I that That's what a side TV, that's what I offer people. I like to tell people stories and uh, explore their passions and hobbies and stuff like that. And, uh, I think she'll be great for us ITV. I'm really, really hoping that, you know, when springtime, when things heat up, uh, we start heating up and see where it leads. I'm, I'm excited to work with her. And if I brought back Asylum Wrestling, damn right, I'm giving her a blank check. Uh, okay. Here's a couple names. Uh, actually, three, three names that I met. Actually, let's do five names that I met in a ring of honor when I was doing the women's tournament, 
I've already mentioned Willow, but uh, Mandy Leon, she's with the Allure, with Angelina Love, whatever. But Mandy Leon, uh, am I saying that right? Is it Leon? Leon? Whatever. That girl, again, checks all the boxes that you need from an in-ring competitor, but also checks boxes backstage doing a lot of the social media stuff. And she does a lot for ring of honor. And I was kind of blown away by her because, um, her tag team name, the allure is very, very apt. Uh, she's alluring, like just her whole package, the way she, her ring gear, the, you know, the entrance gear with the big, what is it? Crown thing or whatever the Cape. And I was just like, wow, like this is a, like, the it factor is definitely covered. She, Mandy Leon is just, she has every bit of it. And then with all her work backstage, like what a great, uh, what, what a great addition she would be to any roster. She's, she's just works nonstop. Like I literally, like some, some people you could just walk up to and be like, Hey, do you got a second? Can I talk to you and film me? Ask you a couple questions. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this. She, she's like, oh, I really want to, but uh, I got to do this real quick, and I got to do my social media thing, and I got to go live, and I got to do a live stream, and I'm like, geez, she's the hardest working person on this roster, just about. So it took forever to like just you know nab her and be like, hey, I, I need to ask you a couple questions. Like, okay, let's do this. And then she was great, and just a sweetheart to begin with. And I'm just, I was blown away by Mandy Leon. And uh, if I was bringing back Asylum Wrestling, yes. Uh, Miranda Elizade, am I saying that wrong? I, I don't know why I ended, added a D to her name. Uh, Miranda, uh, she was in the finals with Roxy for the Women's Championship and Ring of Honor. The thing that I liked best about her, and I could say Roxy as well. I didn't put her on the list, but Roxy was a very genuine person, and uh, there's a reason they put the title on her. Uh, but Miranda, she's legit. From the minute she walks into the building to the minute she goes home, and I imagine she's legit after that as well. You believed everything that came out of her mouth. And for promos, oh, I mean, you I was backstage like, is she mad at me? <laughs> and then a second later she'd be like smiling, be like, Oh, was that good? And I'm like, No, don't ruin it for me. Just stay in character. You're like just yeah, and, and in the ring, solid as a rock. I mean, she can go, 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 go. Uh, Quinn McKay, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I'm not coughing because of Quinn McKay. I'm coughing because I just took a big sip of coffee and I'm dying and choking on coffee because I'm stupid. Quinn McKay, um, I, I thought she was just a, again, she's one that, she's, she's green in the ring, but like unlimited potential, unlimited potential. And some of you may be like, well, who are you to judge, Brandon? Uh, I'll tell you who I'm a judge. I was a wrestler for 20 years. I was a promoter for 15 years. And I've been a fan since I've been five years old. So shut up with that shit. I know what I'm talking about. Not to mention I've trained hundreds of people. And some of them actually went on to do stuff. So eh, that's what you get from me. And if Mike, if Mike Bennett and Dr. Death and Terry Funk and... Uh, uh, Jerry Lawler and Vader and all of these people that we've worked with said, damn kid, you really got something. And damn, I like the way you train. Even William Regal said that 
then that's, those are the opinions that I tend to listen to. Anybody else is usually just either jealous, non-talented, or don't matter. Why am I going negative with this? Like Quinn could be listening right now being like, uh, dude, I, I thought you were going to say something nice about me. And then you just went off on this freaking rant on everybody. That's me. That's what Death Wish Coffee does to Brandon. I'm sorry it happened. All right. Anyways, Quinn McKay. I didn't know she was wrestling before I uh, went to uh, Ring of Honor and saw that she was in the tournament. I had no idea. I thought she was just uh, the like the voice of Ring of Honor. She is fantastic as that role, in that role. She is uh, commentary. She can do it. Backstage interviews, she can do it. Hosting a show through segments, she can do it. And then I come to find out in the ring, she can go. And she looks amazing. Uh, And what I mean by that is she looks like a wrestler. She's stocky. Yeah, she's small. Who gives a shit? It's 2021. Who gives a shit? She's small, but she's compact. She's tight and just bulky and just, she looks like she can beat your ass. And there's cuteness aside. She, I mean, of course you need the cuteness. You need the attractive. Her and, uh, am I allowed to say her fiance, whatever, uh, Dak Draper, who I've known as Sam Udell forever. I'm just dropping all kinds of like kayfabe killing things. I'm sorry. Um, they're both beautiful people and they look great on a poster and great on a commercial. Like you got people like that on your commercial. People are going to be like, okay, these guys are legit. They got some freaking superstars and they are both superstars. And I'll talk about him later, but she is just, she's got that Ray Mysterio underdog appeal. She's got that, um, what what is it? She's she's you know like a Rocky Balboa type of appeal where you you're really cheering for her because she's not supposed to win but she does and when she loses you feel really sad you're like oh okay poor girl she really put, she can connect with an audience and that's what you have to do that's what this is all about this is psychology this is you know this is beyond psychology psychologists couldn't be good professional wrestlers no matter what shape they were in because they're not at this level a good professional wrestler is the best psychologist in the world and i think in 3 to 5 years you're going to know this girl. You're going to know this girl. How could you not? Just It just makes no sense. Is she ready right now? No, and she'll be the first to tell you that. But I'm just, uh, I'm just blown away by like the future of pro wrestling. It's in really good hands. And a girl like that does not need to go to WWE. She doesn't. And that's the cool thing about wrestling now is nobody needs to go there anymore. Sure, it's a great paycheck, but William Regal said it best in the little thing that he's told all of us. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm still choking on coffee. Like, when you come to WWE, that's where your wrestling career dies, and then you become an entertainer, and then you become a hired hand. You're not a pro wrestler anymore. You're playing a part in a movie. And that's just who they are. You can shit on it if you you know want to. It doesn't matter. You don't have to freaking sign the paper. But someone like Quinn McKay can go to like Ring of Honor's perfect place to learn. Are you kidding me? I'm hoping it comes back, and I'm hoping she's at the forefront of it. 
Anyway, uh, the Hex. There's a tag team, the NWA Women's Tag Team Champions, the Hex, Allison Kay, Marty Bell. I have a weird feeling that uh, Allison Kay and I would be really good friends if we had that opportunity. I just, we're both from Detroit. We both have this sinister, dark blue humor. And I don't know why. I just feel like I click with her. I, and she does not probably even know my name. And I'm not saying I have a crush. It's not that at all. I'm just saying I, I could be friends with her. <laughs> I want to be friends. I want to hang out with Allison Kay. I, um, and honestly, Marty Bell, too. Those, those two are like a, a, an item, basically. Not a romantic, I don't think. But uh, they're the tag team champions, and they're really good friends outside of it. Just watching them interact. I, I propositioned both of them. I said, we should do a show just watching you guys do goofy stuff. Like, I just, I'm kind of, I, I'm entertained by them. And I love the fact that they're tag team champions. I love the fact that they wrestle everywhere with those championships to include Ring of Honor. And I, uh, man, Allison K is just a fun, just a, like, I, I want to argue with her about stupid stuff. I don't know. Just, I just feel like I could be a, we could be really good friends. <laughs> and it was, and I know Marty even better than her somewhat. Uh, I just, you know, Marty is just, I met, I met Marty when we were filming the Evil East show in Denver, like a couple years ago. And she was really good back then, but she's gotten really good now. And both of them as a tag team. Oh man. It's just, like I said, the future of pro wrestling, men or women's or whatever is just in really good hands right now. And if I had the opportunity and the budget, I would lock them up and be, you're with me now. And let's just go out and do funny stuff and just hang out backstage because I want to be friends. That's it. (laughs) I was at Impact Wrestling, like I said, in Vegas, and I have never seen Jordan Grace before. And I'm not sure if she's under contract to anybody. By the way, everybody on here on these lists are, from what I know, not under contract with anybody. That's why I made these lists. Like I said, if I could start Asylum Wrestling right now with a proper budget, I would do everything I could to get all of these people. And these are people I don't think have contracts. So anyway, uh, Jordan Grace is a freaking star. I've never met her. I've been in the same room with her. I've whatever, but I don't know her at all. But damn, when she comes out in person, and the funny thing is like a few of these people, like when I saw Moose, on TV, I was like, okay, <laughs> there, there's a guy named Moose. Cool. And okay. I, I didn't know who he was. I'm like, I didn't know his background. I didn't know anything about him. But when I saw him come out down that ramp and into the ring and I saw the fan reaction, that guy is a megastar. I was blown away. I was like, this guy has presence. This guy just owned the room, and I felt the same way about Jordan Grace. I've seen her on TV. I've seen her on like clips and stuff here and there, but I've seen her on social media. But I, I never really like put it together. Like, oh, you know, whatever. It's she looks good. She looks like she knows what she's doing. Cool. But when I saw her in person, I was like, oh my god, 
she's just like owned the room. She's just good. <laughs> just really good. So I don't know. I think she might be under uh, some kind of a contract with somebody, but I would do whatever I can to buy that contract out. Trust me. Uh, going local here, Marty Daniels. I've known Marty since uh, the Asylum Championship Wrestling days. Uh, she was in ACW back in 2013 when we, before we folded up. And just, again, checks all boxes. Uh, she needs to get out of her own head. She needs to calm her ass down and realize that she's a freaking star. And that's really about it. She's got all the, she looks amazing. Her, she's just ripped and just, ah, she looks like she could kill you if you step in the ring with her. And I love that. She did an AEW match and it fell flat. And I don't think that was her fault. I don't think she had any chemistry whatsoever, but with the person she was wrestling, who I kind of think sucked to to be honest, I don't even remember her, her name. That's how important she was. But I really, um, I've seen her excel, I've seen her do wonderful things. She's been on WWE TV, you know, with the tryouts and all that. And they're foolish not to take her. Just stupid not to take her and mold her into something. I just, she's just got, again, she's got that presence. And it, it could be because of her physical acclimate, but it's just, she's got a presence about her that just draws you to her. And I've held her puke in my hands before. So it's, you know, we have a bond. <laughs> yeah, she threw up. And I'm like, she doesn't want me to talk about this, so I'm not going to. But yeah, I mean, I will. Who cares? It's funny at this point. We did a WWE dark thing, tryout thing, and she got a little nauseated, probably because of the bagels and the orange juice that I gave her before the match. But yeah, I didn't want anybody to see her throw up. So I kind of scooped it up with my hand and put it in a trash can. <laughs> But that was a long ass time ago. So Marty Daniels is a star. Uh, she just needs to be discovered. And I would love to be the one to, to showcase her on a global scale. Oh, I'm going to kind of go through the rest of these really fast. Uh, there's a girl named Gypsy Mac. I don't know. I don't remember her real name. She is really good at promoting herself. And I think that either in a like a kind of managerial or maybe even a, uh, I don't know what kind of a role to put her in, but she's so good at promoting herself and she's so in love with the business that not taking her is not an option. Um, I met her at a Primos wrestling show when I was doing that a couple of years ago. And not for any creepy reasons, not for any like, oh my God, I'm in love. It's not that at all. But she's one of those people you can't take your eyes off of. So when, when, and, and I've had that, it, it, like I said, it's not a crush thing. It's not that at all. It's there's a, when we were doing a seminar with Mike Bennett, there was this, uh, this kid who just started, I can't remember his name, but he had dreads and he was, oh man, he looked good. He just looked good. And you're just like, Okay, who's that? that? There's your star right there. Because I couldn't keep my eyes off of him. And again, I'm not trying to, you know, have a, a thing with him. It wasn't that at all. It was just, man, who is that? He's got it. And Gypsy's the kind of same person. She just has it. And I really think that um, she's young, very young. So she's got time. Needs to stay healthy, but she's got time. 
Uh, there's another girl at that tryout in Rocky Mountain Pro called Jim Gemini. Just, again, you just had to watch. So, like, there she is. You just have to watch. Another girl, um, Lilith Grimm, plays this demon character. When I was filming an episode of A Call to Adventure, I kind of met her, <clears throat> and I didn't think much because we did a little couple spots in the ring, and she, you could tell immediately green is green as baby shit and and nice everyone is green at baby shit <laughs> at some point so i'm not saying that as an insult so i didn't really think twice um didn't think twice at all and then i saw her at this uh rocky mountain pro show when we were filming with bennett and i was just like that's the same girl wow like uh she's got her gimmick down she's got a, a business plan it seems like and she got herself in really good shape and still green, but got really good in the ring and could kind of work in. I saw her work. She sent me videos because we were talking about, you know, just little things. And I, I like it. We asked me for advice. Of course, everyone likes to be asked for advice. But I just noticed that she was working all these different people in all these different styles. And that, that's really hard to do. So. Yeah, she'd be the other one. I, I'd really like to have her involved and work with her and get her to the next level. And my old friend Paloma Vargas, uh, Paloma Star. Uh, damn, man. And, and there's honorable mentions, too. There's Erica Torres. There's, uh, there's a lot of them. There's really, I could think of 15 more now that I'm saying this, and I feel bad for leaving some of them out, but maybe I'll catch you again. Uh, if, if this scenario ever happens and I get this huge budget and Asylum Wrestling comes back, you'll know, trust me. But yeah, Paloma Vargas, she was in ACW back in the day, back in 2013, and could fit any role. I worked with her in Impact Wrestling as well. She was just there, like for everything that was asked of her. She was just there. She was funny. She was serious. She was brutal. She was a bitch. She was a good worker. She was, you know, visually pleasing. Again, put her on a poster. I, I just checked all the boxes. So, yeah, I'm going to give me some Paloma. And uh, on the men's side, uh, I'll bring Cody Jones, too. I've known Cody since he was a little baby kid. This is a little baby Cody. And uh, I love Cody Jones. And we have inside jokes. You know, you, if you've got inside jokes with people, then uh, you definitely uh, want them on board because I'd like to, I'd just like to have him there. He, he deserves some kind of break, man. It's been like it's weird that a kid that used to jump around where I started training at in 2000, like this kid would just jump around and annoy people, him and his sister, Carrie. It's, it's just weird that those kids or Cody has like what, 15 years experience in the wrestling business. Now it's just what <laughs> am I really this old? Like, Holy shit. Anyways, back to the men's side. I mentioned Bennett. I mentioned Taven. Absolutely. First round, first round draft, Cody Jones. Absolutely. <clears throat> Martin Casaus. This son of a bitch. Uh, he was Tristan Gallo when he started with ACW back in 2010, was it? Something like that. And, uh, no, it was before that, 2010. Anyway, 2000, whatever. This guy, he was on Tough Enough, and that's probably the most popular thing he was known for. He was Lucha Underground champion or something like that. He's done some little shots with AEW recently. I know he's had some injuries, things like that going on, but... Why it wasn't this guy 
a super megastar. It doesn't make any sense. He was the last ACW champion that I, that I crowned, and there's a reason for that. Uh, he was going to be my my jewel uh, before we folded up, and then he went to Lucha Underground. But why? I, I and he's got to be asking himself this question as well. Talk about checking every box and just being a good, genuine human being. I never had a crossword. I've known him for decades now. I've never had an argument, never had a disagreement that I'm, that I'm aware of. I, I just don't understand it. He, he, he just, he was a damn good worker, man. Threw a drop kick like anybody as good as anybody. And just work, working heel was just, he could be face, he could be heel, he could be in between. It just brought credibility and legitimacy. And I, adore this guy in the ring. I loved working with him. I just, I loved wrestling him. I loved booking him. He was just, he had everything that I wanted in, in a, in a roster member. And like, he would probably pick up being champion right where I left off. Ah, man, it drives me crazy that this guy hasn't made the kind of living and, and I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's doing well, but it, it just drives me crazy. It makes no sense to me that this guy hasn't become a household name in the wrestling business. And some may say he did with Lucha Underground and recent little shots here and there, but no, he, he's never, like if you tell someone name your top 100 wrestlers, he probably wouldn't be on most people's list because they don't know who he is because he hasn't had that exposure. And it just makes no freaking sense to me, and I hate it. And I would love to be the person to uh, remedy that whole thing. Anyway, uh, Rob Ryzen, Ryzen, uh, not just because I filmed the Bad People, Bad Places, Bad Things show with him, not just because I've known him since 2006. Um, I've watched this kid, and I've said this to him many times. I've watched him from a 98-pound, <laughs> maybe not 98 pounds, but a 150-pound scrawny kid with garbage bag pleather wrestling pants and kick pads and just stringy hair. I've watched him become, who was also awesome back then, just a great guy. I've been on this journey with him for all these years, man. Now he's down in Florida. Like I said, I got to spend Thanksgiving with him and his friends and family. And he's worked for AEW. He's been in NXT. He's been on Impact. He's been everywhere. And again, no one has put a piece of paper in front of this guy and said, hey, we want you full-time. No, Why? It just seems like people are milking him for what they can get out of him, and then, eh, you know, we'll, we'll talk later. It just makes no damn sense to me, man. These are good people. These are damn good people that are damn good workers that can bring money by selling tickets and merchandise, and you're just sitting there going, oh, just keep them around. Seriously, I would bring this guy in, and <laughs> he knows I've booked him before. Push him to the top, man, as far as I could do it. Another guy that I've worked with, and I dare I say kind of help a little bit. I don't know. I don't take credit for anybody's work, man. But uh, I used to do security with him at Memorial Hospital in Colorado Springs. And uh, Sam Udell, I talked about him a little bit earlier, Uh I don't think he was a huge pro wrestling fan, but he was a 
amateur champion at his college, and I forgot where that was. Uh, forgot how to pronounce it. Sean, whatever he knows, he's laughing at me right now. I just saw this kid, and I'm like, dude, you you look like amazing. Like, and he was what 19, 20 at the time, if that. I'm like, dude, you look great. You got amateur background. I just, I was begging him, let me train you. I don't know if I did or anything, but he came and sat ringside, did security for a couple of our shows, and I think that was the first time he ever watched pro wrestling live. Um, and then years later, maybe a year later, I find out he's working with Gerald Briscoe and he gets signed to NXT. I'm like, what the, what's going on? Like, it's crazy. And then we, he started training with us and then he started training other places. And uh, he was terrible in the beginning and he'll admit that he wasn't at the time, but uh, <laughs> and we had a little heat. The, you know, here's the thing, man. A lot of people, when they start, and it's just an age thing is, you know, everybody in their 20s think they know everything and they don't. And you don't realize that until you're in your 30s. And then when you're in your 30s, when you're in your 40s, you realize you didn't know shit when you were in your 30s. When you're in your 50s, which I'm heading into now, you're going to realize, I'm sure I'm going to realize that I didn't know shit in my 40s. So I just got to reconnect with him in Ring of Honor. And he's been with Ring of Honor for a long time. And son of a bitch. Like the guy's just. I'm choking on my words. Uh, he, you just look at him and you go, star. He's a freaking star, man. And it's so many of these people. I'm just blown away by, you know, the cocky little prick in the Speedo that I first met. And now he's grown up. He's getting married. You know what I'm saying? He's got... He's been with Ring of Honor for years, and he, they're pushing him, and he's doing good stuff. He just did something on the pay-per-view with EC3 and Braun Strowman or whatever the hell they're calling him now. Man, I'm just I'm so impressed, and I'm so happy for him. And I'm glad, again, like I said earlier, with erasing negativity, which we had a little bit, and I, I, I didn't know it. I, didn't, I honestly didn't know it until I heard like a little snide comment in a podcast interview and I was like oh guess there's a little heat there I know okay whatever and I reached out and we talked and then we got to see each other in person in ring of honor and a little shit like that you know here's the thing I could go the rest of my life without bumping into Dak Draper or Sam Udell it, I could go the rest of my life and be like okay whatever and just you know okay it ended uh, whatever I don't think he cared too much I didn't care too much it's whatever doesn't all have to end up with a happy story. But we got to see each other in person, face to face, and gave him a hug, gave him a handshake, told him I'm proud of him. You know, we both apologized for whatever we needed to apologize about, and now we're, you know, we move on. That that's fucking cool to me, man. It's like I said, it doesn't matter if it happened or not, but it happened and it does matter. So I'm just happy about that. I really am. I'm proud of him. I know Ring of Honor is taking a break. But do I have a doubt that this kid is going to freaking do something big? Zero doubt. And this cocky little prick probably has zero doubt as well. And he shouldn't have a doubt because he's that good and he looks that good. And between him and uh, Quinn McKay together as a unit, yes, please. If I bring back Asylum Wrestling... Uh, yes, both of you, come to me, please. Let me wrap my arms around you. Let me wrap my wings around you, please. You are you are with me forever now, okay? 
And money, don't worry about it because we're talking imaginary funds here. I will give you all the imaginary funds you need. Okay, just come here, please, please, please. Yes, yes. I know that's creepy as shit, but whatever, man. I'm, uh, I would love to have both of them. Oh, I don't know if the Briscoes are signed with AEW. I imagine that the ink's already dry on that deal. But if it's not, and I'm in the conversation to be shopped around to, the Briscoes are immediately day one, like, I already talked about them. I'm not going to say too much more because I'm running out of time. But they are literally some of the first people I would film because not only in the ring, I got to see them in person several times. Not only are they just the best tag team, like top five easily out of hundreds of tag teams, dare I say top three, maybe top two, maybe the best ever. But backstage, humble, professional, kind, gave me a great promo for the documentary, gave me a great promo for the Bennett's TV show. Nice, respectful people that you want to be around. When you watch them on TV, you're like, oh, I honestly, when I seen them back in the day, I was like, ugh, like who would even want to be around these people? And that's what they want you to think. That's the gimmick. Don't talk to these people or they're going to beat your ass. And I fell for it because they do it so well. Ah! But when I finally got to meet them, I didn't even interview them. I didn't at first. And Maria's like, oh, you got to get the Briscoes. They're great. I'm like, ah, I don't want to. Because I'm falling for the gimmick. I fell for their gimmick. They made me believe Oh man, they're so good. They're so freaking good. When I finally talked to them and got to be friendly and we just bullshitted backstage, we were talking football, whatever. And just, dude, <laughs> I, if I have a professional wrestling company and they're available, they're coming to me. I don't care what it would cost. And that's what every promotion out there should, there should be a bidding war for them right now. Same with the OGK, same with Mike and Taven and Maria. There should be a bidding war. Okay, Uh, this next one's going to be a little uh, controversial, and it would never happen because he doesn't want to be in the wrestling business to this capacity anymore, but Jim Cornette, (laughs) just to have that guy backstage yelling at people and motivating them to get better, just to have him yell at me and say, what the F are you doing? This is stupid. That is... You can't put a dollar sign on that. You can't. It's worth so much. I honestly, I, I just being around him, sitting under that tree, soaking in that knowledge. <laughs> it's just invaluable. I don't even want him to be on screen so much. Sure, like maybe, maybe commentary if he wants to do it. I just want him backstage just to be the wall that I bounce things off of. I think that would be, like I said, it would be, there's, there's no price tag you could put on that. That makes sense. Blank check, Cornette, whatever. Just And not to mention, he would promote the promotion, Asylum Wrestling, on his show, which is listened to by millions of people. So win, 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 having Jim Cornette involved somehow. Anyway, I'm trying to think. There's a... Like obviously, guys like Jonathan Gresham, of course. I know he's going doing New Japan stuff, but 
you know, that's kind of a given. I'm trying to think of a couple names like Drake Maverick, Karrion Clark, Killer Cross, whatever, with Scarlet. Of course, I would reach out to them. Who knows what they've got going on right now? A guy that you may not expect me to, because I hated Hit Row. I thought that was the worst shit. And I'm honestly, I don't want to see anybody lose their jobs. I wish they could have just changed gimmicks and kept those people. But Top Dollar, the big guy, the the host of the uh, whole Hidden Treasures A and E WWE show. I don't know why they just released everybody. I don't know what goes on backstage. Like maybe they're hard to work with. Who knows? But that guy had something. Great talker, good image. I liked him. I just hated the hit row gimmick because I honestly I hate rap music and I hate being forced to listen to rap music. So uh there's uh there's that. But I really liked him and I thought he would be great. Some local guys I'm gonna throw out there, Jason Null. I've worked with him for years and years and years and years. Just a reliable hand and a great guy to have around. Uh Curtis Cole, he's in Rocky Mountain Pro. Something about that guy. He's got that it factor as well that I really enjoy. Uh, I'd really enjoy to wor- working with him. Good guy, too. Got to talk to him in Vegas recently. Uh, Brandon Morris, another guy that I just always kind of been around. He worked for me a little bit. Uh, but damn, dude, he's got something there, man. And he works so hard. You can tell he loves it. Bill Gray just looks like a monster. Um, got to work with him in his early stages. Uh, got to wrestle him. Uh, just nothing but potential. I mean, you can put him on a poster. Looks great. Let me think. Let me think. Let me, I'm just kind of pulling shit out of my ass. Uh, Derek Stone. Uh, God, he's got to be older than me. I think I might be older than him still, but been around forever. Uh, literally, probably had a almost a what thirty year career at this point. Still looks great. Still has an undeniable presence and gimmick. Uh, I loved working with him in ACW. We did this whole kind of Chuck Norris thing, and I just, he was just a manly man, and he just brings a grizzled, uh, just, a, just, a, a, he, there's not a lot of Derek Stones out in the world anymore. He brings that like 80s barrel chested, uh, <laughs> I can't really explain it. He's, uh, he's just Derek Stone. And I, I need people like him if I'm going to do this right. Chongo Bronson, I think, is his last name. I just know him as Chongo. But that guy, has, he's my favorite guy in Colorado's wrestling scene. Sorry to everybody else, but you probably agree with me. Everybody loves Chongo. Got to work with him a little bit in Primos Wrestling. I wish that could have gone on. Uh, I'd love to wrestle him still to this day because he'd just kick my ass and I'd get a lot of sympathy and uh, – <clears throat> Yeah, I just I, there's so much, so many ways you can go. Genuine human being, crazy to a freaking lovable point. Chongo, man, if you don't know Chongo Bronson, look him up. I don't know why he's out there wrestling in a tutu, but he can because he's freaking Chongo. Uh, dude, I I, I want to be friends with him. I want to hang out with him. I want to help him improve in the ring. I want to show him little things that I know that maybe he's overlooking, and I just want to watch his career what a dude i mean i just love that guy i <laughs> he kind of got thrusted on me i think we were friends within five minutes uh just a genuine guy you can tell when someone's a genuine person and it, not only is he a genuine human being the son of a bitch can beat your ass and there's a lot of that missing in wrestling there's too many pansies out there like literally 
when I got to Colorado wrestling, people were afraid of me because I worked stiff and because I made them afraid of me. And that's weird because I was like on the most feared wrestling wrestling list of the years. Like every year I was on the most feared wrestling. I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I could fight, but I just don't know why. And then I figured it out. I came from the Oklahoma wrestling scene with guys like James Palmer, who's another guy I'd love to have, John O'Malley, uh, you know, Chris Matthews, and just these badasses, and Bateman. Oh, my God, why is he not on my list? Uh, Tyler Bateman from back in the day, man, we trained together for years. He was in ACW for years and years and years. Went to Ring of Honor. Um, th- these are the people that I just, off the top of my head, didn't think of, and it's that's a big one, like, Absolutely. That whole group, uh, just him and Vincent, I don't know, but uh, Bateman's awesome. And you know, we all kicked the living shit out of each other in Oklahoma. We did. And as a green guy, all these other guys kicked the shit out of me, but never hurt me. And that's the style that I learned, and that's the style I adapted and took to Colorado. I'd kick the living shit out of you, but I would never hurt you. And in Colorado, they were just all flippy floppy pansies. <laughs> like, I mean, there were some tough guys, but <clears throat> I shouldn't have been at the top of the list of people that they were afraid to work because they were just didn't want to get hit hard. It just makes no sense to me. I think it's funny now, but there was like me and maybe Kincaid. Uh, Derek Stone came and went. And then uh, who else? Really? This is weird. But yeah, Chongo, man, that, I mean, that guy could kick the shit out of all of us. And I, uh, I love that. And he doesn't, you know what I mean? He'll kick the shit out of you, but he won't hurt you. He won't permanently put you out, but you're going to feel it. And the fans are going to believe it. So that's why I like Chongo and he can cut a promo and he can connect with an audience and he can entertain you. And he's got a business savvy about him where he's selling t-shirts. I have one of his t-shirts that he gave me. Chongo. <laughs> what a great name, too. Oh, shit. Here comes Chongo. Like, oh, dude, that guy. Top of the roster, man. Seriously. Like, if I was Chongo, I'd be hoping that Asylum Wrestling comes back with a nice big budget because uh, he'll be working for me for the rest of his existence. <laughs> it's just it, man. I would trap him down and be like, you're mine. Mine, mine, mine. Oh man, and who should I end off on here? You know, there's so many, and I'm getting, I'm actually five minutes over what I wanted to spend. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm waiting for a Psy TV to be a major success. I know we'll probably, probably, I mean, it could happen, but probably never get that Netflix money, never get that Hulu money. I, I get that. But there's no reason we can't get 100,000 subscribers and even 50,000 subscribers. If I get 50,000 subscribers at five bucks a month per person, guess what? Asylum Wrestling is coming back and we will be on Asai TV. And all these names here, if they're still available, you damn right, I'm reaching out. And who knows who WWE will fire by then, you know? I don't know. You don't know. They don't know. But anyways, that is the roster, men and women, that I would pick if I brought back Asylum Wrestling right now with a viable budget. 
And also, I had fun talking about my trip to Florida. I'm going to try to get back on track here and do these once a week, uh, the Brandon Bishop podcast. Also, go to YouTube, check out the Asai TV Life and the Asai TV podcast that I'm doing on our YouTube page, ASY TV, and subscribe to Asai TV on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire Stick, and at Asai TV, ASYTV.com. It's only five bucks a month, 17 cents a day, less than that delicious breakfast burrito that you've been thinking about all morning. I know I have been, but I'm trying to drop weight again. So yeah, I got to be sexy, man. I'm getting ready to start doing new episodes of Go There, Eat That, which is going to make me fat in its own right. I got to start doing a new show called Make Me Believe. Also, my son and I are got more shows lined up for uh, Father, Son, Spooky Ghost. So I got to be on camera a lot, not to mention the Asai TV live stuff. But when I'm editing that, I'm like going, God, I look like a fat shit. So I don't want to be a fat shit anymore. So I'm trying to lose weight. So no breakfast burritos for me. But for the price of a breakfast burrito, you can get a side TV, hundreds of hours of all original programming that you didn't even know you needed in your life. But you will as soon as you subscribe. So do that right now. And also right now, oh my God, we went two hours and seven minutes. You spent two hours and seven minutes with me. Up oh, two hours and eight minutes, right now. So before I get to two hours and nine minutes, I want to say thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. I won't see you, will I? No, you'll hear me next time, but I'll see that you listened because our numbers are growing and I thank you all for that. I'm Brandon Bishop. This is the Brandon Bishop Podcast. Good night.